is the Day Zero Update for January 12th, 2020. I'm Philippe Odenova. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Chris Ologi. And uh, before we get started with the show today, I wanted to have a little bit of a PSA for those of you still running Windows 7. Uh, on Tuesday, officially, it will get its last updates, and that will be it. No more support for you. Uh, on January 15th, you will get a nice full-screen takeover telling you, you are no longer supported. Uh, so if you didn't find out from us, you certainly would find out that day. <laughs> uh, you don't want that. No, because uh, then it will be, well, kind of dangerous to be running that. Um, mm-hmm. Also on January 15th, you would get the new version of Microsoft Edge that's based on Chromium on Windows 7, which makes no goddamn sense since it's no longer supported, but this is Microsoft and nothing they do ever makes any kind of sense. Nope. Including what I'm about to talk about, because uh, while Microsoft would love for you to uh, go out and buy uh, Windows 10, uh, they don't publish publicize this, but if you go to their website and download the Windows 10 creation tool and you run the upgrade to Windows 10 from that, it will just activate. Won't ask you for a key. It will just straight up activate. Uh, so basically, while they would love to, uh, sell you Windows 10, uh, they'll just give it to you if you go out and get it. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's one workaround for you. I don't know how long that's going to work, but for the moment, it does. Uh, And that's what matters. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if your computer is capable of running Windows 10, uh, I would recommend that you actually go ahead and do that. It's fine now. It's not as shitty as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, apart from that time where it That's blew a out great marketing kids. slogan. <laughs> Windows 10. It's not as shitty as it used to be. <laughs> well, coming off of Windows 8, yeah, uh, that's 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 uh, stepping up the bar a little bit there. So, yeah. Uh, so be aware of that. Uh, and from there, well, I guess we'll get into what we've been playing this week. And for me, since I got my TV, I've been playing a lot of stuff on... Uh, in 4K and enjoying it. Uh, I've been playing PC Building Simulator still, too. Uh, so, so I've been doing Tetris Effects, which is really great in HDR. Uh, yeah, put the headphones on, and then you got a really weird sensory experience going on. Yeah, uh, I, I can imagine it's probably really good in VR, but I haven't had the opportunity to experience that yet. So mm-hmm. hopefully I'll get, maybe later this year, I'll be able to get a PS, you know, PSVR headset or something. Usually those things, uh, they tend to go on sale uh, pretty often as far as uh, their bundles yeah. go. So, yeah, might be worth keeping an eye out for those. Uh, apart from that, uh, yeah, I ordered a Sega Genesis Mini. I should have that this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've already got Project Lunar installed on my computer, ready to go. So, uh, I'll play it for about 10 minutes without hacking it, just to be sure it works, and then I'll hack it and add the, uh, I guess, arguably limited selection of games that uh, I felt were kind of missing to be, to begin with. Uh, so, you know, I'll just add a few uh, of my favorites that are that I want on there and yeah. uh, and keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, that's it for me. How about you, Pat? Um, NHL 20, for starters. Obviously, I've been doing my... YouTube thought experiment of drafting an expansion team, which has been going really well. Um, I've got a few more videos I need to toss online probably today, and that'll put us at 11 games out of the schedule. Can I make a suggestion? Hmm. Uh, I would, uh, if you're going to be up continuing to upload those to uh, YouTube, uh, split them by period. Really? Uh, yeah. You'll get actually more engagement that way, uh, mm-hmm. because it won't seem huh. as long uh, as long of a of an investment. Uh, yeah, that's it's it seems to be like videos around the twenty twenty five minute mark seem to do pretty well, whereas if you start going longer than that, uh, it's your your engagement's going to drop off towards the end. Uh-huh. So it might be something to consider. Yeah. I'll definitely consider it. Yeah. All right. Perfect. My turn. Oh. Um, in addition, I've also been back on fighting games, of course. Uh, Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, some old school stuff. Hmm. Um, obviously, I rang in the new year with a 10-game winning streak, which was pretty fun. Or an 11-game winning streak. 
on Street Fighter Five, and yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the Champion Edition uh, rebalance. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's been my week. All right, Brendan. Hey. Uh, well, um, I've been playing Witcher, th- <clears throat> Witcher Three. Um, still uh, doing the Blood and Wine expansion. Uh, not really much to add to that right now. Uh, other than the fact that, well. I ended up, uh, part of the thing you have to do in this game is you have to go secretly in disguise into, like, one of those, I guess, like, bohemian artist retreats, and it's basically just a bunch of people in mass doing what you expect a bunch of people in mass to do, <laughs> and it is The Witcher, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was more of a tell than anything, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, also that, I've been playing Outer Worlds. Um, again, because, you know, I kind of sidelined it up when I was playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, and yeah, that game is still just so good and just has so many things to it and is just at times incredibly poignant and at other times just laugh out loud hilarious. (laughs) Um, but probably the one game I've been playing more of than anything this week is Disco Elysium. Hmm. Um, and that game still manages to find ways to surprise me, even though I'm now hours into it. Hmm. Um, let me just put it this way because, okay, so basically every action that you take part of in this game is based around things like dice rolls and skill checks. Because Hmm. the thing you gotta remember about Disco Elysium is that it originally started out as a tabletop RPG. Yeah. Um, the guy who uh, is, like, the main brains behind it, a guy named uh, Robert Kurvitz, uh, he actually, he and a group of friends had basically uh, creating the sort of universe that Disco Elysium takes place in for the last few years, you know, working as, like, a tabletop RPG. Um, because... Uh, you know, he, he he has publicly talked about you know Dungeons and Dragons and the sort of world building tradition in there and how it affects the way he builds it and like if you you know other than the fact that you don't really pick a class in this game D and D is all over it like just the way you play it um, but the funny thing is that even though you may take a certain action. The result will will completely surprise you, and just let me just like here's this isn't really a spoiler because it happens really early in the game, but um, the first one of the first uh, big decisions you can make in this game is after you know you wake up from a drunken stupor in a hotel room, um, and I guess like a hostel, um, and you know get dressed and everything. And, you know, you meet up your partner, uh, who's your, you know, your your detective partner, because that's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be a police detective. Uh, you go down, and then you find out that you've got, you owe money to the, uh, the people who run the hostel. So you can either do something like, you know, try to, you know, you get, you've got the option to give them the money, but you don't really have anybody you start with. So that's basically a dead option. Um you can try and deal with them, you can try and threaten them, or you can take the action, which is what I did, which is attempt to dine and dash. Um, <laughs> but what happens is if you attempt to dine and dash, uh, you, <laughs> for whatever reason, as you're halfway across the room, you decide to turn around and flip the double bird, and as you do, you go flying backwards into this woman who's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. And the result is uh, the dude is so – the dude who runs the place is is like so disgustedly pitied with you that he decides to cut the price down to half. It's – that's just like – and that's just like in the first hour. (laughs) It is – 
Yeah, that 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 kind of thing is something that you will experience all through the game. Mm, nice. It is it is insanely unpredictable. And just I actually died in this game because when you're out, you know, out and about in the field and you're having, you know, discussions with your partner, you know, and every time you say you know, like you're acknowledging each other. You do that thing where you're like, you nod your head, and then they nod their head back. It's like you're saying, yeah, and they're saying, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The thing is, when you do it like once, the option doesn't automatically disappear. It's still available. And oh, no. me being a dumbass, I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to keep doing this because I need to – you know, like maybe there's another part of the of the conversation branch that needs to open up. Or something like that, and so I keep doing it and keep doing it, and I end up snapping my neck. <laughs> wow! Mm-hmm. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> nope. Don Gog. Yeah, I'm gonna go get it if you want. That's, that's just yeah. You won't regret it. <laughs> just be prepared for a lot of reading. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, Chris, what about you? Oh uh, yeah, so I've been actually playing a lot of PC stuff this week. I've uh, uh, been playing a lot of uh, American Truck Simulator, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because they have this uh, holiday event going on. Uh, not sure until which day, but basically you're trying to uh, deliver gifts to other cities on the map. I think they're also doing the same thing in Euro Truck Simulator too. Uh, but once you have your own truck, uh, you can take on these special external contracts that uh, is a little bit confusing at first because as it comes to this towards the end of the event, uh, a lot of it, a lot of the cities are already sort of maxed out on their uh, gifts, uh, at least on the way they do it in the map. Uh, so you kind of want to deliver stuff to the outskirt towns uh, throughout. And I have uh, California, Nevada, Arizona, and uh, New Mexico. For my state, mm-hmm. so I've been doing a lot through Arizona and New Mexico, uh, through some of the the smaller towns, and that's just been uh, a lot of fun to do. the The gifts are essentially like a trailer with like three or four big giant lit up boxes, uh, Christmas boxes on them, uh, kind of thing. And uh, once you do, I think twelve of them, uh, you get uh, some special cosmetic stuff. Uh, some skins and all that kind of stuff for your trucks that you can use, as well as some accessories you can put in your dashboard, that kind of thing. Uh, which is a neat thing for them to do, uh, especially just kind of a way to get people back into the game, try and do some of that stuff. So yeah, that's that's been a nice game. It especially shows the challenge of driving long distance uh, when you got like a video on the other screen. You're looking over and then you look back and you're like, oh, I'm going off the road, <laughs> uh, shit like that. So I've had to uh, stop a few times for repairs uh, to get some damage fixed. Or uh, one of the things that is also in is like a, a tiredness meter, and so I've had to also deal with. You can turn it off if you want, uh, but once you've been driving for so long, you're just tired, and uh, if you don't go and stop at a rest stop to take a rest, uh, you'll just start. Well, at first you start yawning. You just hear your character yawning. Uh, and then they just start nodding off. And you see the screen go dark, and you're like, oh, shit, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. So there's some some fun stuff uh, in it that tries to make the, the realism of uh, driving these giant trucks uh, for hundreds of miles. Yeah. Uh, that is pretty good. Uh, for the stream yesterday, I streamed Hades, the new Supergiant game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is really fantastic. Uh, it is kind of a mix of Bastion and Transistor. Uh, in the style of combat in the world and all that. Mm. Um, you are the son of Hades. Uh, what is it? Zagius? Something like that. Um, and you are trying to escape to get to Olympus to meet the rest of your family, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and along the way, you get messages from them, uh, as well as gifts to help you out. And it's basically a roguelike. So these are sort of uh, buffs and perks and such for your character. That can help you along uh, in a really cool way. That uh, uh, was just a lot of fun to play. It's 
uh, still in early access. So they're the neat thing they're doing is they're publicizing on the the, the main menu. Like our next big updates is in I think I said eleven eleven days yesterday, so it's probably ten today. Uh, and they'll just be adding new contents like about every month or so, uh, and sort of make it known like when they're doing their big stuff uh, for this to add uh, new areas, new. Uh, items and perks and story bits and all that. And I've gotten to the point where uh, essentially uh, if you know Transistor uh, when you had your abilities to flush out uh, the items that you could, your different uh, attacks that sort of thing, those were tied to characters. Yeah. And sort of the more you used them in the different slots well, you'll get more like lore information about that character. And they kind of do something similar here but Instead of tying it to uh, the way you slot out your attacks, it's tied to sort of interactions. A lot of stuff is interactions with uh, the different characters, because as you die, you start back in uh, Hades' house. Uh, you can sort of talk to some of the different characters there. Uh, and like after, every so often, after like a few conversations with them, it'll add more to their story, and it's kind of one of the things that... Uh, really gives it, it kind of flushes out the world a bit more uh, with that. Uh, there's also a lot of voice acting, and Logan Cunningham is back. He does a bunch of the voices of different characters, but also some of the other people uh, that work on the game do voices. Uh, Darren Korb voices the the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a good job with it. Like, one or two others he might do as well, along with doing the soundtrack itself. Yeah. Uh, even Greg Kasabin voices a character. Nice. Uh I think it was uh, uh, what was the characters like? I forget. Um, but yeah, you can definitely tell that they realized his voice is too uh, weird to be a voice actor, so they pitch it up a lot. <laughs> uh, but you can still hear some of the the affectations he has in his voice hmm. uh, to that. But uh, there's a lot of good voice acting in this, especially for each of the uh, the different uh, gods that. Uh, talk to him, especially a lot of people like uh, uh, Zeus, you get Poseidon, uh, Artemis, uh, and a bunch of others there. Uh, they're kind of like giving you words of encouragement, which also leads me to think like, uh, maybe these guys are also going to be the bad guys when you eventually figure out uh, your way out of hell. Hmm. That kind of thing. But you also uh, it comes into play at times that like Hades sends out uh, some of his like mercenaries to try and take you down. Those are uh, the boss fights uh, that come into play, which I think uh, Megara is one of the, the the first one you fight. It was kind of a woman that has uh, one bat wing hmm. uh, and a whip, and she you kind of try to take out, uh, do lots of attacks on her. But if you get too close, she'll eventually do like a a big spinning attack with her whip. Uh, that's or really fuck you up and yeah there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff to that game that uh people should definitely check out and they seem to be heading towards a release later this year uh but still have no defined date for it but it'll be on consoles and all that around that time too uh so far this this game's been a lot of fun uh and one of the the more polished early access games i've played in a while because uh, it seems like they definitely put their focus on sort of polishing as much as they can mm. Uh, and then fixing up whatever bugs are still left uh, after that. Which I think the only bug I've seen is uh, in the codex, there's a section for uh, lore on the different kinds of enemies you fight. And uh, at a certain point, shortly after I got the codex, it just stopped showing enemies on there. Uh, so it was like really weird when it's eventually started bringing some stuff back onto that. But uh, yeah, that game's been a lot of fun so far. Mm. Um, the other game I'm playing, it's also early access and is definitely not polished at all, uh, is Noita, mm. uh, which is another roguelike. Uh, but it's kind of a chaotic roguelike. Uh, so you're kind of a, a wizard with a, a wand that is going down this mine, uh, and you're trying to find uh, the portal that takes you to the next part of the like mountain, whatever you're trying to do to get down. Uh, to the end. Uh, and along the way, you have these uh, various enemies and uh, obstacles that show up that you have to 
try to use the environments and your spells and all that to uh, tackle and hopefully get to the end uh, alive. And the thing that makes it really special is that the there's a lot of cool interactions uh, with the environments, both based on elements uh, and all that. So uh, initially, one of the first things you'll find are these lanterns around the the mines, uh, which you can shoot down, and they will, oftentimes if you do it right, uh, will explode into fire. Uh, and that will set, if there's usually above wooden areas, so it'll just start setting that wood on fire and spreading. Um, and if there's still just ground around it, uh, that part will not take too much damage, but uh, enemies that walk through it obviously get damage. Uh, and there's a lot of cool interactions like that. Uh, you also pick up flasks, as well as more wands, different kinds of wands that have a bunch of different interactions, like you know, spewing fire, poison, all these different kinds of elements. Someone will just shoot arrows. I had one that was just, literally just, it's an open flame. Mm. So you just, you click and hold it, and you can just like run up to wood and like uh, set it on fire. It didn't really shoot anything, it just like was essentially like a lighter as a wand. That kind of thing. That uh, works out pretty well. Um, the lantern from A Link to the Past. Uh, kind of. It's just more of, it's just uh, an open flame that you're just holding in front of you. Uh, it's like a weirdly powerful but impotent weapon compared to the some of the other stuff you have. Um, the flasks are pretty neat because they're essentially like... Uh, I think the initial one you have, you start with is a flask of water. So when you... Like you say, if you accidentally set yourself on fire, which happens a lot, uh, you just stop, you just pull out the flask and open it, and it, water just pours all around you. Uh, and along with that, uh, you can soak yourself in fluids. So if you soak yourself in water, you'll be more resistant to fire damage. Mm -hmm. uh, getting set on fire, I think blood does something similar. But I think that also gives you a bonus to crit. Uh, you can get yourself soaked in oil, which means you just slide around uh, and are more easily set on fire. Uh, you can also get uh, soaked in whiskey, which just means you just fire erratically. Uh, no steady aim kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and if you get soaked in anything you don't want to... Uh, you can either just wait for it to wear off, or you can find like water or something else to soak yourself in to undo that and sort of wash yourself off. And there's there's a lot of playing around with uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you'll often find like these like big vats, wooden vats of uh, liquid, and they might be poison or uh, if it's like oil or something, you can just sit there and try and get uh, fire over there if you don't have one specifically. Uh, uh, in a wand, something like that. But yeah, there's, it's it's a lot of just physics chaos and all that. And on my 770, it runs pretty well. But when things just start going off, it'll just drop to like two frames per second. Ooh. <laughs> uh, in, a, in a way that's like, oh yeah, this is this is the good stuff here. Yeah. Uh, I'm just causing that much uh, shit to go on. Time for a GPU upgrade. Sounds like. Yeah, but it's also the game itself because there'll be times where it just suddenly locks into 30 frames per second for some reason. Mm. Uh, it's very much a very raw game that they're pushing out updates all the time for it. Uh, their, their patch updates for it, their patch notes are some of the best around because they're so granular in terms of what uh, fixes and uh, things they're adding and all that kind of stuff mm. uh, to it. And it's just kind of one of those games that's like, it's very raw in terms of what it's doing, and I'm not 100% sure how much I have to actually go through to uh, get to the end, because like, the one achievement it has right now is just beat it. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of still in that state of like trying to figure out what all they're going to do hmm. uh, with it. And they added like a daily mode, I think, uh, for that kind of thing. They added like, a nightmare mode, which is even harder, but you have to beat it first, so I'm never going to get to that point. Hmm. Um but yeah, it's it's one of those games that's just really fun. They also have mod support, uh, which I don't really understand that just yet. But uh, yeah, it's a game that has a lot of really cool physical effects that people should definitely check out whenever it makes sense for them. Yes. Right now, you very much have to be uh, up for a game that is like partially. Uh, 
willing to fall apart whenever you've caused too much chaos in it. <laughs> but it's also very fun for watching that chaos unfo- unfold. Yeah, I just start new runs and I just look around for lanterns and just watch it burn uh, the wood away. Uh, that kind of thing. Like it's just really impressive for that, despite it being like a very uh, 2D kind of crude uh, art style to it. Hmm. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot to it. I've gotten to, I've got like three or four zones in, which then you get to like these ice ice levels mm-hmm. that there's these crazy en- enemies in there and as well as they uh, are able to shoot out this like weird smoke that damages you it's like poison smoke but it's not really poison uh, it's very weird but you can also watch like water freeze over that kind of thing it's really kind of one of those uh, games it's very much kind of up its own ass in terms of want to just go all in on this uh, physics and fluid interactions and all this stuff mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really cool and unique for that. Uh, it's a game that I just love putting in runs and all that kind of stuff. And you can definitely tell it's raw because when you go to start a new game, it literally looks like the game cra- uh, closes and then somehow opens a new instance of it. <laughs> You're like, it's not even starting Launching it a different the, <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, all right, got to start a new one here. Hmm. Uh, sort of the way that like, when Steam prompts you for an update to the, the client itself, Hmm. And you're like, all right, I hope it actually launches the Steam again, because I don't want to go through that. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun in that way. And yeah, um, yeah, that's that's been largely what I've been playing for the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. This is a game I'm definitely not going to be streaming because it's uh, going to be impossible to have both uh, OBS streaming it mm. as well as the game running and somehow not have it. Yeah, your computer like just shit. display a giant middle finger on the screen so just be, and shut off. Yeah, that'll just be something I'm just going to have to do a local capture and put it yeah. up on our YouTube as a, a checking in video with that. Hmm. Uh, but it's it's really something that's uh, a sight to behold. Yeah. For something that initially, like when you look at the screenshots, doesn't look like uh, anything special, like even graphics wise. Hmm. Then you watch like lava just pouring around. And you're like, oh shit, I have to get on the other side of that. Mm. And you're like, how the fuck am I going to do this and survive? Mm. Uh, and I've had extended periods where like, I just have like three health and I got to watch out for these damn firebugs that are shooting at me. And uh, then there's this uh, giant uh, monsters are spawning more of it in there. And I'm like, oh god, there's the there's the portal at the end. And I got to somehow get through all these. And there's there's like weird enemies that just have shotguns that are like doom enemies that kind of show up. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of weird, weird stuff to it, and it's like, all right, this—it's just a fun bit of chaos that nothing else really feels like this. Mm. Uh, it just creates a lot of fun little stories to watch unfold as you try and mess with it, uh, and hopefully not screw yourself over in the process. Yeah. Uh, it's really one of those kind of cool roguelikes that uh, you know initially just look at it and it's like, oh, this doesn't look like anything to. Uh, aggressive in terms of what it's pushing graphically and you play and you're like oh oh shit uh this is not going to be a thing that's uh, i can run at 60 fps 100 percent of the time mm-hmm. uh, and it's actually kind of great for that it's those games you're kind of happy it doesn't run that well because it just makes the effects of when you uh blow up a, an explosive barrel and then the frame rate goes to shit and you're like oh shit that's that's the best thing mm-hmm. uh yeah, there always those kind of games that happen. GTX sixteen sixty supers are pretty cheap now. So. Yeah, but I kind of want to see this game just keep wrecking my system. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of fun in that way. Yeah, but at least uh, your video card has to pay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it's going to go out, it might as well go out on something like this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's been pretty much it for me. All right. Uh, so let's get into uh, the news of the week. We'll start off with CES, uh, just a handful of items here. Uh, Sony opened up Photoshop for about five seconds and uh, created the PlayStation 5 logo. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, it looks exactly as you would think it would. Yeah. Uh, and then the internet decided to be the internet and never let it go for some stupid yeah. reason. It made it even bigger. Yeah, yeah. Reason it deserved to be. Is that they they unveiled the logo by itself. Yeah, yeah, with nothing else. And that that just opened it up to being a meme. If they'd accompanied it with the actual system design or 
something of that nature, then I think they could have avoided the meme culture getting a hold of it. And yeah. I don't yeah, think it's really an mistake. issue. It's not, and that's no, that's it's... the annoying thing about it. People it's... should just been like, oh, it looks like the PS4 one. Okay, it's people blathering on. on about nothing. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like, especially when you consider that uh, you know the the Xbox logo hasn't changed in years; it's still the same. Uh, you know, since the yeah. Xbox One is still the same logo, even the series uh, series S base uh, the base Xbox logo is still the same. So I don't know why yeah. people didn't. You know, and then you get IGN writing an article that says fans react to PS5's groundbreaking logo. <laughs> uh, so they're being snarky, but it's like, well, yeah, you know, it's only just fanning the whole <clears throat> thing and making it so that yeah, now the the image on their uh, Instagram is the most liked Instagram post by any game company ever. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this is what you did, internet. Yep. And yeah. people try and shoot that down uh, in a weird way, and I'm like, okay, then that means the the freak out over the, the most disliked Reddit post uh, from the Star Wars dev doesn't matter, and then this other stuff, and like, no, that matters, and it's like, then you have to be stupid because you're arguing against yourself and for yourself at the same time. Yeah. You're just contradicting yourself. Like just fucking move on and wait for uh, their events. They're going to have probably in the next month or so. Yeah. And then guess what? It'll be what you want. Yeah. Yeah. They really should have just like not bothered, but I guess they I have, to have some of the news. Cycle. Yeah. I think, Probably Sony wanted culture. I the really PlayStation do. team to give them something. Mm. Like we don't have anything to really give you. Okay, we'll give you this logo because that's we don't have anything else that we want to blow before our event kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still think that event's yeah. probably going to be February when we start to see, yeah. to see that. So let's. Yeah, I knew there was nothing going to be nothing happening at the CS thing uh, that people were trying to hype up because one, the PlayStation. Twitch and YouTube channels were not doing, doing anything right. for this. Mm. And also, for the last like several years, PlayStation has effectively done nothing for Sony CS show. Yeah. 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 So Sony it's like, at CES is typically TVs and home audio and stuff yeah, like that. It's, it's the Sony Corp side, not yeah. the PlayStation side. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, another CES news. Uh, AMD had an event. Uh, Dr. Lisa Sue was up on stage and they were talking about all kinds of stuff that they were doing. And they also revealed the uh, back of the Xbox One Series X, uh, sort of. Except yeah. it was it was fake. Uh, it was basically a render. Pointless. That they had. Yeah. yeah, it was a render from TurboSquid.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want to see what the actual back of the uh, Xbox One, see this is problem, Microsoft. Your your naming is too confusing. The Xbox Series X actually looks like Brad Sam's has a. Uh, uh, has the actual picture, as does Microsoft yeah. on their site now. And it's like people are like going off like, oh, there's two HDMIs, two USB-Cs, and it's like, why the fuck are there two HDMIs? <laughs> oh, God, it's the Xbox One again. Yeah. Uh, and all this, and it's like, no, you guys are just fucking idiots. Couldn't do the, the half a second of work to verify what you were putting up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead, ran it like you're a fucking college student. <laughs> Fucking finishing your homework the night before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, was, it was probably something like that. I mean, they probably didn't expect anybody to notice. It's like, hey, it looks plausible like an Xbox. I guess it could be this. And uh, that's that's not how the internet works, folks. People will obsess. Uh, yeah, there's this thing called this image search. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so that was a big bit of a gaffe on uh, AMD's part, and it kind of. Uh, well, maybe put a little bit of a damper on the uh, event that they had because they announced a lot of other cool stuff, like their whole Ryzen Mobile series and the uh, four thousand. Well, I'm sorry, three thousand nine hundred and ninety dollar Threadripper thirty nine ninety WX. Uh, that was a lot of letters in there. Yeah, the numbers. Yeah, but it's a sixty four core, hundred twenty eight thread CPU for third for crazy people. Yeah, for people who are like you know video editors, I mean they had uh, crazy people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they had it running up against uh, I think it was two Xeon Platinums, uh, both of which were twenty eight core. That was about uh, twenty thousand plus dollars worth of hardware, and the Threadripper beat it like by thirty percent. Yeah. So you know, I would hope it, a four thousand dollars CPU beats 
something like that. Like Jesus Christ, uh, four thousand dollar up against twenty thousand plus dollars worth of hardware. Yeah. That's it starts to be a pretty good value proposition if you're in that line yeah. of work. Yeah. So, and of course, there was also the the Radeon RX fifty six hundred XT, so the mid range uh, graphics card from them. Eh, mobile GPUs, desktop APUs, which they didn't really talk too much about. They just said, yeah, we're, they're coming, and that's kind of it. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a big year for AMD, especially with uh, them being in both of the consoles again. So Yeah, uh, that's why they're not knowing what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, I think only Microsoft and Sony actually know what they yeah. look like. So. It's just amazing. Like, yeah, we here's the Xbox One X, or Xbox Series X. Uh, and it's like, no, you guys don't know anything. You're just ripping stuff from the internet. Yeah, so not not a good look there. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, also, not a good look is Alienware's concept uh, Nintendo Switch ripoff, um, or Smash Z, because they that company was kind of doing that um, for a little while. Uh, it's basically a full fledged PC in the form factor of what appears to be Nintendo Switch Lite. Yeah. I see potential in this. Yeah. If Nintendo doesn't sue them into the ground. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't really... Nintendo is very litigious. Yeah. Extremely it, it's, litigious. It's kind of hard to copyright a form factor. I mean... Yeah. Especially one that's been done before. Yeah. Them. You know, because then uh, Sony could basically sue Nintendo as far as the... Because, of, you know, the Switch Lite does look awful lot like a PSP. And yeah. round and around yep. we would go. Yeah, and this thing looks actually pretty cool. No, I didn't say they'd the succeed, part. I just said they'd try. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's going to really depend on the specs that they can get in there, because, I mean, it's you'd have to use a really uh, pretty decent mobile chip, and that would be, you know, hot. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be gaming at super low settings, and then why wouldn't you just buy a Switch, you know? So. Yep. Yeah, for the stuff the Switch can't run at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it says it weighs about two pounds. Uh, has Windows 10 on it. Yep. Uh, eight inch, twelve hundred p display. Okay, so that's uh, how they can get around the the power uh, problem a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the controllers connect with uh, magnetic strips. Uh, screen has a back mounted kickstand mm-hmm. that is more like uh, it folds down yep. instead of the the dinky little thing that the switch has yeah uh that always pops out when i try and put it in the dock <laughs> uh it's like god damn it, why doesn't this fit oh mm. fuck this stupid thing uh yeah usb-c ports uh for connecting keyboard mouse if you need to all that kind of stuff uh but yeah they were showing off rocket league f1 2019 and Mortal Kombat 11 on it mm. uh, to show off how it works and it has like a little uh dock thing for the controllers as well to use it as a a separate controller. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it, you could also dock it to a display, uh, as from what I saw as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think this is probably where those new AMD APUs would probably end up going well because they're uh, very good on the graphics side. So yeah, yeah. I'd end up using that. Couldn't really talk too much about specs as far as that went. So yeah. Yeah, but it looks looks pretty cool. A lot of people are ridiculing it, but uh, you know, this is a form factor that works. Uh, mm-hmm. Alienware actually has the hardware knowledge to actually make it work. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, they'll uh, charge a hundred percent extra on it. Oh yeah, of course, because <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. It's got the glowing lights in there around the the sticks. Yeah. So that's the Alienware. Yep. And it's got to have the RGBs. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, if you've been paying attention to the stuff that's been going on at CES, RGBs have been really big. Hey, uh, we figured out these LED things. They're pretty neat looking. Yeah. Corsair has actually like, managed yeah, to embed that. RGB into tempered glass, which I thought was really awesome looking. Yeah. Uh, so well, That is. Yeah. I can, I can imagine what that's going to do for um, hockey arenas. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so. yeah, so it's gonna be fun. Uh, also, Inwind had that fourteen thousand five hundred dollar pedestal case with the projector and voice activation and face recognition in a PC case for some reason. I don't think this case is coming out. It's just we could make this, so we did. But anyways, 
Uh, so let's get That's the reason a lot of stuff gets made, to be honest. Yeah. It's like, we could do it. We'd show it off at CES, and maybe some people will be interested enough to actually order some, and then we'd actually have to make it. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Arcade 1-Up, because uh, they were pretty busy at CES. Yeah. Uh, so they announced a bunch of stuff. I'll just kind of consolidate all this stuff in the basically one story, which is uh, lots of games. Uh, they're gonna be. They're gonna have a well, a burger time cabinet that's going in out. They've got an NBA Jam cabinet with uh, which online contains, enabled, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, Jam, Jam yeah. TE, and Hang Time. Uh, that's a the good. Burger selection. Time has uh, Burger Time, Cry Champ, Bad Dudes, and Caveman Ninja. Yeah, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. Pretty damn yeah. good. They got a Star Wars arcade cabinet. Yeah. Uh, Golden Axe cabinets and Frogger cabinet as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, and some pinball stuff too, which is really yeah. interesting. Uh, not yeah, they're working with Zen Studios mm. to do like versions of pinball cabinets that have uh, some of their Williams stuff they've been doing with pinball FX3. Yeah, and it's so yeah, probably much cheaper and uh, be all video, so no little maintenance to it, like yeah. a regular pinball table. Yeah, it's just a couple of LCD screens. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I believe Zen Studios has also been working on them for the the online stuff they're doing in these cabinets. Yep. And somebody, of course, will buy one and then, uh, you know, uh, switch out the guts and put a real uh, PC in there and uh, turn it into a future pinball. So yeah. uh, this is good for everybody, really. Yep. Uh, it's a nice turnkey way of getting into the whole virtual pinball side of things, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, CES in a nutshell, as far as we're concerned. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was uh, there was one uh, announcement from RetroBit that was kind of cool. They had the uh, the Super Retro Champ. Uh, it's a handheld SNES and Genesis combo. Uh, yeah, I saw the the back of it. It's like, oh, this is how uh, cartridges have sex. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just stick one in the other one end, and the other one goes the other end. Yeah, two, two two different ends, and it's like, okay, that looks a little weird, but uh, it it kind of keeps it from sticking out the top too much. So I guess that's the only real way they could manage it. So, uh, but yeah, cool stuff there. So let's get into the regular news of the week. Uh, Xbox Series X games, according to Microsoft, at least their first party stuff, will also run on the Xbox One. Um, that's a little intriguing. To the surprise of, well, uh, not me. Uh, I kind of figured this was going to happen. Because uh, they did kind of mention it that uh, the Xbox, uh, you know, if you owned an Xbox One, you weren't going to be left behind. So uh, we'll see what kind of cutbacks uh, have to be made to get the, that working on the Xbox One. Yeah. Hmm. So Because it doesn't really... Make it clear, like, oh, they're going to be working on, like, Xbox One versions of those games, then port it up. Yeah. That would seem like the easiest way to, rather than being, like, when they, the port for Titanfall for the Xbox 360, it's like, yeah, that works. It just looks really bad compared to the Xbox One version. Yeah. Yeah, uh, since they're going to try to sell Xbox One, ser- Xbox Series X's, God damn it, Microsoft, uh, they're I think they're going to go the other route and port down, uh, just work on the the higher quality one first, and then just try to get the best experience they can on the older hardware, uh, regardless yeah. of what uh, kind of cutbacks they have to do. But man. It'll be interesting to see how they actually do it. Yeah. Because that'll really set the tone for the, sort of what that what their plan is with the system. Hmm. Whether it's going to be like the Xbox One XX for, or just an actual new thing. Hmm. With its own capabilities versus just being like, here's the successor to the, the, the Xbox One X hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, because it seems like from what we've seen that Sony's more likely to have some actual new stuff for the new thing. Hmm. And then if you want the uh, PS4 games, obviously it'll just be BC through whatever me- uh, method they're doing. Yeah. Which we don't know yet. But yeah. Kind of having the way that Microsoft's been doing their BC stuff kind of yeah, makes it 
an interesting proposition to for what they're going to do with their new stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you can have the new games, but then you also have the old stuff that presumably have some little benefits on the new thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you want the old games, you know, right there it is. It just comes with it, BC. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of weird to say this up front so early before we know, before we actually see any games. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's like, all right, you've just set the the tone for what you're going to show off to like for people not to expect so much. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, kind of like the Osborne. <laughs> if you remember that debacle. Uh, but yeah, you guys were a little too young yeah, to remember like, that. <laughs> yeah. That was a computer company that uh, started selling uh, their uh, original model. And then, and then immediately, as soon as it was released, decided to say, but our next model is going to be really, really good. And of course, the sales of the original dried up completely. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. So I don't know yeah. what's going to go on with this. This is, seems like the other direction, but uh, yeah, it's like oh, here, this could be this awesome system that can do some amazing stuff, but you don't have to buy it. Yeah. If you have an Xbox One. Yeah. Because you'll, you'll be able to play that stuff on Xbox One for a while. Yeah, and I'm wondering if part of this isn't because they're they know they're going to have to charge 500 plus for the Series X. Yeah, well, they already said they weren't going to make that mistake. No, oh, I, I, like I, like I said in my predictions, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it really will cost five hundred to or more. Yeah, uh, do you, with the kind of hardware that's in there and the fact that they're going for tech superiority for this generation, I think yeah. that's going to come at a cost. It at least won't be the Xbox One where it's more expensive than competition, but also uh, weaker. Good. Yeah, it's like it's that expensive because we forced this camera that. You told us six months ahead of time was not something you really wanted. Yeah. Well, at least they're not making that mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> no. So. Not yet, at least. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, we got uh, Kentucky Route Zero is finally getting its fifth and final episode. Uh, that's coming mm-hmm. up shortly. Yeah. the The first one launched 2013. Been a hell of a thing to get there. Their fifth episode out about six years later. Uh, but yeah, it'll be out on PC. So if you bought that any time in the past six years, and chances are if you've uh, partaken in Steam sales, you probably do. Hmm. Uh, it'll arrive to you via download. But if you want it on the consoles, uh, the Kentucky Route Zero TV edition, uh, which has a great trailer in this article. Especially the banner image, which is a dog wearing a uh, a hat. Mm. <laughs> uh, kind of like it's not even in the trailer or in the trailer itself. That image is not. So it's like, what the fuck is up with this dog? <laughs> yeah. uh, You're looking for but, it in the trailer, and it's never there. <laughs> yeah, it's a PS4, Xbox One, the Switch on the 28th. Yeah. So you get the the TV version there. Everything I heard, it's a great game. So I'm yeah. definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Now they know there's an end in sight. Yeah. And uh, next up, uh, those uh, no, those ports of Doom and Doom 2 that came out in the consoles uh, last year, uh, getting a pretty major update. Uh, yep. Engines being updated to support 60 frames a second. It's getting mod support, and uh, Sigil will be bundled in there, so you can just get it. Yeah, uh, I'll download a Sigil. There's two others that I think are from Final Doom. Hmm. Uh, I forget what they are called. I can actually launch it real quick just to see. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they're also going to add a quick weapon select feature, hmm. which would presumably fix the issue I had on the stream where... Yeah, you have to keep uh, scrolling through it. <laughs> that hmm. and uh, I lost the ability to go back to the, the regular fist. Yeah. Once I got the chainsaw, uh, it was no longer an option. Um, yeah, improved level select. So like when you started, I think you can just choose which level to start on mm-hmm. that kind of thing uh aspect ratio and brightness options and a split screen hud if you're playing co-op yeah uh but also there's quick save quick uh load which is a huge thing yeah because having to go back into that to do a save or to load uh something when i messed up uh took a while longer than i would have liked mm. Mm. uh and the add-ons okay now i can finally pull it up uh, the add-ons are Sigil, TNT Evolution, and the Plutonia Experiment. Okay, yeah, the TNT and uh, Plutonia are Final Doom. So. Yeah, 
And they have like information on them too. So if you want to read up on them a little bit. And the weird thing is that you have to, you can download them. They're not too big. Uh, I think TNT is 18 megs. Plutonia is 17 megs and Sigil is four. Uh, the 90s. Have, yeah. And you have to activate them mm-hmm. too, which then turns off trophies <laughs> and achievements. Because I don't know what trophies are that would you could trigger with those things, mm. especially because they're verified by Bethesda. Yeah. To be added into the game. Yeah. But, well, it's, it's like, Bethesda. I don't know if there's, yeah. And, um, yeah, Especially when a lot of them are based on <laughs> like beating Doom in two hours or beating all the levels in these specific campaigns. It's yeah. like it's not in danger of being triggered by uh, these add-ons. And especially when you first pull it up, it's like, well, these add-ons could be are experimental and could cause unintended side effects. It's like, I thought these were verified by you. <laughs> Nobody can like release them onto the systems yeah. without Bethesda approving them. Mm. But yeah, that's... Uh, it's a pretty big update, and it's uh, good to see yeah. out of them, uh, especially because when they launched, they're a bit rough. Yeah, and when, uh, with Sigil being four megs, uh, I can already tell you that doesn't have the Buckethead soundtrack. So, yeah, yeah, it will have the MIDI versions of the the tracks that he composed, but not the the actual you know, ones. You'll have to actually yeah. buy the Sigil mod for that. So. It's all seven bucks, so okay. Yeah. Throw John Romero seven bucks near, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So uh, next up, we got uh, the Escape from Tarkov's devs. Uh, they kind of confirmed that they're not going to have female player characters because lore, and they don't want to put in the work. And uh, these developers are just scumbags. I'll just put that out. Yeah. Yeah. They have a long history of that. They back in the day put. Uh, DMCA, DMCA strikes on YouTubers that were critical of them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just to get back at them. Yeah. That kind of thing. And they essentially said this kind of thing back in the day a couple years ago uh, that war was too stressful for women to fight in. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so this was their way of making good on that, except they uh, didn't really do anything different but say, hmm. uh, I'll pull up their specific tweets. Uh, and just to finally clear the question about women in EFT, first, there are women in EFT already. Traders, some future keys, storyline quests will have women as main characters. Again, that's not playable characters, what people want. Uh, but there will be no playable female characters because of game lore, and more importantly, a huge amount of work needed with animations, gear fitting, etc. Yeah, I don't believe that excuse for a minute. <laughs> I can get yeah. it that it takes a little bit more work, but ultimately, it's nothing. Yeah, uh, for the amount of work they're doing to finish the game. Yeah, well, given the, given this nothing. developer's track record, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like they don't have the goodwill. No. Yeah. So, this is this is Battle uh, State Games, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, what is it they've done in the past? Like, because I swear I have heard that. Uh, is this their only sure. game? I think this might be their first game. Their former. Uh, I have to look up who's on the team. Uh, but I think they're former like Far Cry people. Oh, maybe okay, yeah, something like that. Uh, uh, Russian studio Battlestate Games. I'm not sure if there's a. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know where they come from. But yeah, that's it's basically a bunch of uh, <clears throat> well, people who don't want to put in the work and no. Uh, have proven that uh, they really can't take any kind of criticism because you know, oh. there's been a lot of uh, videos that they've like done copyright yeah. strikes on. They've uh, uh, let's see, banned people for being critical of them. Uh, yeah. you know, it says here on Wikipedia, Battlestate Games has been acute has been accused of abusing YouTube's DMCA system to remove negative videos of Escape from Tarkov. YouTube user Rocktick. Uh, released a video accusing them of leaking user information, resulting in Battlestate Games issuing DMCA's on 47 YouTube videos posted by the user, <laughs> two of which were striked for allegedly spreading all false information, and the rest for spreading, quote, negative hype. Okay. Well, there's no policy against, quote-unquote, negative hype. <laughs> we spread negative That's, hype all the time. I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure these guys aren't somehow related to digital homicide because sure seems that way. That's some yeah. digital homicide level shit right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think that's them, but anyways. Uh, so, yeah, not a whole lot of else to say about, the, about them. Uh, if you're a fan of that game, well, good on you. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are plenty of other games in that genre that you could be playing that are probably better than it. So, yeah. whatevs. Yeah, the game itself, I believe, is kind of like a mix of PUBG and, like, Daisy, hmm. Like a persistent uh, server situation kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Which hasn't been uh, done at all by no. anybody yeah. ever. This game has been kind of blown up on Twitch and all that uh, because they did a partnership with Twitch to mm. do loot drops, that kind of thing, yeah. for in-game stuff. So people have been checking that out and yeah. been selling pretty well. So you know, they don't have uh, really anything to worry about as far as uh, getting people to buy it, so yeah. So I just, I see lots of people in here like, well, they don't have to do anything. It's like, yeah, no, it's, people are allowed to be critical of them. Yeah, like they're not demanding them to change it, uh, unless they're people that uh, want to buy the game legitimately. Mm-hmm. And then you know that's a thing the dev can do or doesn't have to do. Yeah, that's people's rights to be critical and decide whether they're going to buy it or not. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I, I, I on Fury, I decided I'm not going to buy that game. Uh, I took it off my list, yeah. list, list on GOG, so I don't get notifications about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's plenty of other good games out there that I can play. I don't. And the world keeps turning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need to give them money if I can't, you know, in good conscience support a developer. I'm just not going to. So there you go. Uh, another developer news Tencent has invested in the Platinum Games. So Tencent is now investing in a whole crap ton of companies, including, mm-hmm. Epic, yeah. let's see, Epic, uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, Ubisoft, uh, just about every other kind of, you know, big gaming company that you could probably think of, Tencent has a finger in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Uh, hopefully this is enough to help them stay solvent. <laughs> they've definitely uh, had some uh, strings of games that did not do well. Yeah. yeah, at times and people were worried about that, uh, but it seems like they're over the part of their career where they were just doing licensed games left and right. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was kind of a big toss up, like, is this the good one or is this a bad one? Mm. And like, oh, here's new TMT games. Like, oh, that's awesome. Platinum's working on it. Mm. It's like, no, this is shit. Yeah, this is complete garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, here's a Transformers game. Okay, this is actually kind of good, but really, yeah. really rough. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, hopefully this will you know give them some more cash, and I just hope it doesn't like affect what they can put into the game and you know, yeah. stuff like that. The, yeah, the president be- says uh, our company's independence will not be changed. Hmm. Yeah, at least they're saying right now that there's yeah. no changing, just clearly helping them be more independent from having to take publisher deals all the time and yeah. give yeah. up rights to their games and all that. It's when uh, it's when ten cent tries to start. Sh- Buying a majority of shares is when you need to be worried. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, Second to last big story of the day. Uh, There was a Pokemon Direct this week with a lot of news that dropped. Uh, I guess the the biggest uh, story were the two Pokemon passes for uh, Sword and Shield. Uh, 30 bucks will get you, I think, 200 extra Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, these will cost you, uh, yeah, like I said, thirty bucks. Uh, they'll be coming in the form of two different expansions. Uh, yeah, two big areas to explore. Yeah, two areas to explore. Basically, the cut content that uh, they didn't have time to include initially, uh, they're going to start bringing in over the the course of this year. Uh, and this is in lieu of another uh, edition of the game. Uh, yeah. So you're going to just keep playing what you've been doing. Which just is, have new areas to explore and all that. Yeah, which is not a bad uh, not, not a bad way of going about it. Uh, yeah. What the internet did complain about was the fact that uh, you, if you wanted the, the pass for both games, you would have to buy it for both games. Uh, that one pass would not apply to both. Um, yeah, that's, that's the part where it's pretty weird. Yeah. Because, I mean, it would yeah. be tied to your Nintendo account, so you'd think they could do that. It's just... Uh, I, Nintendo is going to Nintendo. Nintendo is going to Nintendo, and I guess they probably figured the uh, the amount of people that actually 
end up buying both games and investing enough time to want the expansion for both games is small enough that they could make that compromise. Just, you know, they're going to buy it regardless. So that's you know, true. Why? If they bought the game itself. The yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the way I'm seeing it. Uh, and then there was, of course, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon remake. Well, remastered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a DS game mm-hmm. originally. Yeah. Demo it's kind of a little bit of, right yeah. Mm. Uh, the initial look I saw of it, it definitely looks like a DS game mm-hmm. that they're uprising, but uh, the nice thing is uh, the original game was split up into two versions, and they're just doing one combined version for this. Yep. Yeah, so uh, lots of Pokemon for for you guys who are like, into that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Sword and Shield will flesh out pretty nicely now, so there's that. Uh, Hopefully, people will stop complaining. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Well, does this add all of the missing Pokemon, or is it... That's a good chunk of, a... of it. Yeah, okay. it's a good chunk of it. It's like 200 more of them. Um, so that gets you... How many were there in the uh, Sword and Shield? Like 150? Mm. Yeah, so that does... It was over 200, something over like 200? that. Okay. Well, there are more than 400 Pokemon, so obviously there's going yeah. to be some that don't make it. Uh, yeah. But hopefully everybody's favorites are going to end up back in there, and, and mostly people will be happy. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying we'll to be optimistic in 2020, but, you know, kind of hard. <laughs> uh, so let's talk finally about this whole Street Fighter V netcode situation and where we think this is going to go. Cause, uh, oh, boy. Yeah, it's been interesting. (laughs) So, um, basically, a PC modder took maybe two days to um, fix the the Street Fighter V netcode, which is not terrible by any means, but it's not it's still not ideal. It's not up to what you might say as GGPO standard. Mm -hmm. Um, It it took them all of two days to create a fix for the PC. And that fix spread like wildfire. Mm. Um, obviously, Capcom is aware of the situation. And um, a hot fix is coming down Tuesday, but we don't know exactly uh, what that hot fix is going to entail, whether it's going to uh, shut down the, the patch entirely or if it's going to standardize it across all platforms. Because right now, if you are not playing with the mod, either because you're a PC player who just hasn't implemented it, or because you're on the PS4 and can't, Hmm. um, all of that one-sided lag effect is going to be hitting you, while Hmm. the the guy on the other end is going to be loving life. Hmm. So that's an issue. Yeah. But... um, we don't know what Capcom is going to be doing about it. Um, Yoshinori Ono, um, a pretty emotional guy, as we know, um, made mention that he is well aware of the situation and he got bombarded with some pretty toxic posts mm-hmm. um, on the matter. Uh, but he says, yes, I understand the situation. I, I cannot say anything more at this time. And so that's kind of where we are with it. Um, the main point of interest here is that we are basically just coming up on the Capcom Cup 2020 um, online qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And so this could affect how Capcom handles the situation. But um, you just think about situations like this in the past and you have to... Uh, wonder what the odds are that their response is going to be um okay you guys did it let's let's get this implemented and um get the whole community on board yeah it's a dream it's a kind of a fever dream but it could happen uh my my thinking is that this is just bad timing on the the part of the martyr to be honest yeah uh, okay, like, obviously he's not going to be aware, well, he could have been aware if he had looked up that Capcom Cup was coming up and online qualifiers would be a thing. Uh, but it's like, I get the sense that, 
in Champion Edition, these kind there would have been uh, this implemented this implemented in that, and this hotfix might actually be just rushing that out. Just that part Could of be. it, you know. Uh, of course, the easier fix for them would be to just detect that the DLL exists on the PC and just rewrite it. Uh, yeah. To the to the old one, that's that's one thing they could do, or just not let you connect if it uh, detects. Or do netcode on server side. Yeah, that would be kind of a clusterfuck in itself, uh, based well, on past experience from Capcom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would they do it? They they would do it, but I don't think they could do it in four days. Hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah, because uh, that would be a substantial rewrite. You know, so I, I think basically what's going to either happen is they're going to do detection uh, to either shut it down or somebody from Capcom or maybe Ono himself has contacted this guy and goes, uh, okay, dude, uh, uh, you managed to actually take the time that we didn't have because let's be honest. Uh, the there resource, was crunch. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, you've actually managed to go through and uh, do something that's pretty good here. Uh, is it okay if we, like, uh, ship this, uh, and then you, uh, go ahead and uh, improve it as we get closer to, uh, Champion Edition launching? Mm -hmm. That would be the good guy way of going about it. Yes. Hmm. So. And deep down, I think Ono is a good guy. Um, I kind of wonder if this is going to end up being Takeuchi's call. Hmm. I don't want it to be Takeuchi's call. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is something that has to be considered. Yeah. There is one thing go uh, going for that particular situation, though, in that uh, every single PC person that has implemented this uh, on their end has basically inadvertently become a beta tester. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, Capcom, if, when games crash and stuff, Capcom does get te telemetry there. Uh, so they probably have a pretty good idea of how stable it is. Uh, yeah. and they might make the choice that, you know, you know what, this is probably good enough. Let's, let's run with it for now. We don't have a lot of time. Let's just go with it. It wouldn't be hard for them to just inject the DLL into a small patch for the PS4 and uh, for the PC, push it out over Steam and everybody's, then everybody's playing on the level playing field again. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so we will see. We'll probably be talking next week that Capcom uh, yeah. blocked it and banned everybody. So we'll, we'll have, um, and we'll actually have some hard data on what that hot fix entails. Yeah, because we'll by that time it'll have actually been available for about five days. Yeah, so we'll see. Yep, yeah, we certainly shall see. And uh, with that, I think we'll uh, wrap up the show for the week. Uh, as always, if you haven't uh, checked us out, uh, go ahead and subscribe on anchor.fm slash dayzeroupdate. Uh, you can also uh, check us out at smashpad.com. Uh, written content, links to our streams, it's all up there. So for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, and Chris Sologi, I've been Philippe Odenolfo, and we'll see you next week.